Welcome back to another episode of The Set Position. My name is Cole Orner, Cole Orner along with my co-host, Zach Kruger. Today, we have a couple guests on with us uh, to talk a little bit about the culture in the club and high school setting. Uh, we got Max Shinsky and Michael Malone, and I'll go ahead and let the two of them introduce themselves, and then we'll get going from there. Mike, if you want to lead us off. Sure. So, Mike Malone, been coaching for roughly probably 25 years in total now. Um, started doing some stuff with Special Olympics and then camps and then moved into some club training. And then for the past 18 years, I've also coached high school as well. Had some success, both high school and club, fortunately. And uh, yeah, just love the sport, love watching, taking in as much as I can. And, um, Great, I appreciate it, Mike. Go ahead, Max. I'm Max Shinsky. Uh, I've been coaching now mostly club soccer for the past 10, 11 years. Um, did a stint in high school for three to four years um, from Pittsburgh. Um, and that's basically it. So Max uh, and, and Cole and I all kind of come from the same general location. Again, we've been having a lot of people on these podcasts just kind of and Mike, too, you're in the Annapolis area. Again, we're, we're kind of still in that eastern eastern coast here. Um, and, Max, you played Division One at Robin Morris for a little bit. Um, so just kind of give a little bit of a background on your experience in staying in the Pittsburgh area from our area. Um, how have you transitioned into, into the Pittsburgh area? How did you kind of get hooked up with SES? Uh, so playing at Robin Morris, there was three or four alumni who were already with the club, and they reached out. Um, I went and did a couple trial training sessions with them. I really enjoyed it. Um, I was also in my GA years at Robert Morris, so I was coaching there. Um, started coaching a U9 team. That is now a U16 team. Uh, I don't coach them anymore, but I ended up staying here coaching, found a job then, um, and I've been with the club since and recently married. Um, so fell in love with Pittsburgh. Um, some of the main differences I see from where I grew up in York to Pittsburgh here, um, is definitely the amount of clubs that are in one area. Um, and we have the big three, uh, Beadling Century and then SCS United, which was a merger between Stars United and Crew. Um, and there's probably 10 or 15 other clubs in the region, all within a half hour, 40 minute drive. Um, so I would say the talent gets pretty diluted, um, out here in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Mike, you've been in the, at the high school level for the past 18 years and you guys have had so much success at Broadneck and, I, and, and you and Cam have just done a lot together and, and build the culture. So kind of touching on, you know, how do you guys impact like, – what's your impact on the community like? Because I know you both coach club as well at Smyrna Park. You know, are those players that you're eventually seeing at the high school level? And what are you doing with those kids when they're younger to help you guys be successful at, a, at an older age? Yeah, so when we first started the club um, – well, we didn't start the club, sorry. When we started the team, we had – John's daughter was on a team. And then we were looking at the high school structure – we're limited as to what we can do out of season, but you're allowed to coach eight kids per team out of season. 
So what we did was we formed a couple of teams, both have eight kids at the high school level, as well as working with this younger team, which they all graduated last year. Um, so we had that younger team from U7 through U18. But now we just kind of recycle that U18 and U17 team over and over. And we kind of get the max push out of it. We each have a team of eight so that we're right at the uh, limit. And then we're able to coach 16 kids out of season, which greatly helps us with the program. The reason we coach the club team is to build that that high school program for us. So we'll have 04s, 05s playing with our U18s just to get kids together. Right, yeah. And that's definitely paying off for you guys. I know that for a fact. I mean, so, Mike, how do you go about – I mean, obviously the, the high school setting is a little bit different than the college where we get a little bit more interaction with our players throughout the year. How do you go about establishing that culture and then kind of keeping it as the year goes on? Because, as you kind of said, you don't have, get to have as much contact with those players um, once, the, once your season's done for the year. Yeah, so one of the things we do is we did this probably 13 years ago. We, we kind of talked about what do we want our core values to be. And it can change from group to group, but really those core values shouldn't change. So when we spoke to the kids at that time, the senior class, I believe it was, we said, um, what are the non-negotiables as a team? What does it mean to be us? You know, what, what does it mean to be a Broadneck Bruin? And we had them pick out, um, I think we had them look at five things, and then we chose three. Um, the three came up with were selfless, you know, put the team first, tough, we do what's right, not what's easy, disciplined, we do what we say that we're going to do. And uh, we've been fortunate to get buy-in from the kids on those things just because it's it's hammered home and it's just kind of instilled basically from that group 13 years ago. Very nice. And then, Max, obviously you're, you're pretty much primarily on the club side, correct? Correct. So how does, that, how does that differ for you, or does it stay the same? Obviously, it's, again, it's a whole different scenario with kind of keeping that culture. Is it more of a, a club-based culture, or do you feel like you can still develop that culture within your team? Uh, I would say that as a club, we have principles of culture, you know, obviously how we want to represent ourselves. Um, an act and a style of play, but I think within each team, it all depends on the personality of players you have. Um, some teams may need a little extra push. Some teams may need a bit more of a relaxed approach. Um, I coach our academy teams, which are 2012 through, through 2010s, and I also have a 2006 boys team. So the culture between the two groups is very different. Um, the academy kids, it's fun, it's enjoyable, it's a good experience for them. Um, and then as we get into the older ages, we're competing for state regional championship bids and stuff like that. So we try and instill the same principles throughout the club, but at each age it's always changing um, with what you have. Right. Now I would assume that if you're able to kind of stick with the team for a couple of years, that culture is pretty easy to carry through from year to year. And, and obviously if you get one or two new players, it's kind of just building them back in and building that culture again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we give our guys principles to live by on the field. Um, you know, one big thing for me is the talking to the referees. It's not their job. That's the coach's job. Um, so our team knows don't talk to the refs. That's not your job. So that's one thing 
for an example that we try and instill in our players um, in our club. Yeah, I mean, I know that, um, you know, Mike, you, you touched on toughness. And as a, as a former coach in that county and going against you, I can vouch for the fact that your girls are incredibly tough. Uh, it's actually one of the things that I respected most about Broadnecks girls team was how tough they were. And I almost felt like the girls took on the personality of yourself and Cam. Is that, is that something that you're trying to do? Like when you, when you guys came up with those core values, is it a reflection of you as a coach? Or is that more of like, well, this is just what we want to do. Um, it's not me personally, but it's just what we want to do. I, th I think it's kind of a combination. I think you've got to have the right group to begin with. And we're fortunate at Broadneck. We get a lot of those blue collar type kids. Um, you know, a lot of them are also, they have parents that work at the Naval Academy. So we're in a situation where, you know, discipline, toughness, those things are instilled from a young age. But yeah, that's something John and I are, are definitely proud of. We feel they take on kind of our personality. Um, you know, we did this, like I said, 13, 14 years ago. We've been coaching together five years or so at that point. So it was kind of instilled already. The kids were just kind of picking from what was there. And we do kind of a refresh with it every year where, you know, we'll pull our seniors aside. Normally we're meeting with them about two weeks from now to talk about next year and our, our preparation. We'll pull the seniors in and, you know, we'll ask them to evaluate last year's leadership group. We'll ask them to, what are your expectations of the coaching staff? Um, what, what do you want your legacy? How do you want the seniors sitting here next year to say? And those things typically are, you know, along those same lines and they fit into that culture. And it's just a lot of it's repetition, man. Honestly, you know, it's, they know what we're thinking. We know what they're thinking. And it's, it's because we're getting them at young age, working with them at young age. You know, we'll have kids that are eighth graders come sit on the bench for a game, see what it's like. You know, we'll do things to kind of instill those things. And, you know, I can be a little colorful with my language. So that's kind of the, the downside of having some eighth graders. But, hey, get a taste of it early, you know. Um, but I guess I strayed a little bit. Yeah, no, I think they definitely take on our personality. And I think by the time we were up and running with this, that had kind of kicked in. That was the mentality. So they kind of merged. I don't think, as you know, I coached at Savannah Park High School. Mm -hmm. um, that philosophy, it flew okay for two years. And then the parents were, you know, you're too mean, you're too this. Whereas Broadneck, you know, the kids know it's coming from a good place. You know, they trust you, you build those relationships and it's not, you know, you're not going to hurt feelings and get mommy and daddy coming unless you really cross the line. Right. Yeah. Max, is that something you try to do on a consistent basis as well? Like are you using the same terms. Are you doing like an activity that you do a refresher like Mike was talking about with your kids at the club level? Oh uh, yeah. We, so how we approach it, um, in the academy level is we have a monthly topic. Um, so let's say receiving deterrence our topic. We have six to seven keywords or phrases that we want to repetitively use um, across all sessions for that entire month. And then our academy director at the end of the month goes down, sits down with them, goes over it all, sees what kids retain the information, um, what kids might need some extra work. They do some homework assignments, things like that. Um, never anything forced upon them um, as it is an elected to pay to play sport. 
Um, but we do give them to them and the ki- you can tell the kids that do it because they do retain the information uh, much better. When you get into the older ages, we have, you know, terms that we use club wide that are part of, you know, our whole club organization and uh, plan going forward. Every kid, you know, when they get to the 11 aside game should, you know, know what receive, receiving on their back foot is. Um, they should probably know that when they're nine or 10 at the latest. Um, but there's terms, you know, we use the numbering system, all that kind of stuff that we feel is valuable to instill a culture within our club um, to help with the intellectual game. And also, you know, any coach can come and run a session. And the kids will know what they're talking about. No, that's great. And I think um, kind of building off the, the player aspect of things, do you guys both feel that you use your players a lot to help help continue that culture? Obviously, it's something that you guys instill and you bring into bring into your teams. But do you feel it's something that um, you then kind of rely on those maybe those older players, those veteran players, to kind of um, continue on that culture? Yeah, for sure. Especially in the high school, you know, we talk about all the time. Every time we've had a very successful year, we've had strong senior leadership. May not be the best players on the team but that leadership's coming from those seniors. Every time we've had a down year, that leadership at the senior level has lacked. Um, You know, we had a year where we had a couple stud seniors, but the leadership just wasn't there and we struggled, you know, and there's no rhyme or reason to it sometimes. It's just, you feel like everything's working. It should be working. And and it's, it's huge, especially in high school with club where they're all kind of the same age, you know, Max can speak to that a little more, but with high school that, carrying over it kind of is a senior thing and it's what is it uh, tradition never graduates you know so the next next class up next class up so we always have someone to carry the mantle but max could probably speak a little more on the club side about that yeah so uh one thing that we do that we've found very beneficial is do like a buddy system where we pair teams up so we'll say the 2009 girls with the 2003 girls um, those girls will come in, they'll do a session with them and we give them those terms to be using as well. So that it's being reinforced that, Oh, look, these older girls are doing it. And then on that, they're supporting each other for a weekend game. Um, the three girls will come to a nine girls game and vice versa. Um, so that's just to help reinforce that what we're trying to get through to you guys is going to be used in the future. Um, so with the older age groups, you always need the leader um, on your team as well. Um, I wouldn't say so. That person steps up and people listen to that person. I think summarizing kind of both is it's really important to talk about that internal leadership, right? I think good coaches develop internal leadership and they can get their players to, you know, not just only coming from you, but also coming from peer to peer. That's powerful about getting people on the same boat, right? And the same moving in the same direction, um, having that buy-in. Is there a point though, when you have that buy-in that when we've been touching on mentality a little bit, that mentality plays a part in it, right? So let's just say you're not even not even during the game, right? Let's just say you're on the bus or something like that for high school, uh, Mike. How does attitude reflected in that in those kinds of moments where nobody else sees it happening that keeps them 
together and wanting to fight for each other. Because I, I know uh, from personal experience that you guys do some really cool things away from the field that keeps them together. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I learned early on, I coach boys, coach girls. Um, the girls, I think, want to know that you, you actually have like a vested interest in them. So me showing up to a lacrosse game out of season, a basketball game, um, softball game, you know, that goes a long way. You know, the girls are excited. They want to give you a hug. Thank you for showing up. Whereas when I would do that, my boys are like, hey, cool coaches here. You know, they were happy to see it, but they didn't really care. You know, the girls kind of, it, it meant something to them. So that stuff, we do a lot of that out of season checkpoints to where we're showing, we're supporting them. But yeah. then even during the season, we're not, we're not big rules people. We do let, I think I mentioned earlier about asking the seniors how they want to be remembered, what their legacy wants to be. When we ask them that, we turn them into rules for the season. So the seniors create the rules. So if they say, you know, I want to be treated fairly by everyone. I want the JV kids to feel equal. So we'll put those into rules and they don't know it at the time, but it becomes the rules for the season. And we don't enforce those. They do. Our rules are pretty much be respectful, show up one time, work your ass off. Kind of feel like the more rules we have, then the more rules there are to break, more rules for us to enforce. So we keep it simple with our stuff and we let them have fun. If it's a bus ride, you know, we don't police the music too much unless the bus driver's a little antsy. We kind of let them relax. That's their space, their time. You know, before games start, we'll go on a little walk. That's the time to get their mind right, get set. Then it's game mode. But before that, we just are kind of hands off, let them do their thing. We don't enforce a whole lot of things because at the end of the day, they need to be able to be comfortable, be relaxed, and we let the seniors police it. We don't, we don't really do that. Right, yeah. And even at, even at Seton Hill, from my position now, that's something that we really talk about a lot is, you know, that internal leadership and having – each other policing each other, right? Because then you got each other's backs. You know what I'm saying? It's like you can be away from the field, and if something goes wrong, then they have they know that they can trust each other, and they got each other's backs. Um, and that's definitely something that we've been working on this past year here to make sure that our culture is in a good setup, so that even even that idea transmits even to the higher level, the college level. So, uh, and, and and Cole, you, you can even touch on that too. Like we've been talking about, like the goalkeeper union, right? Like the goalies working for each other, helping each other. Same concept, right? If you have a good culture, your players are going to play better. If, if you have that dog-eat-dog type mentality, the, the, the soccer is just going to struggle. The development is going to struggle. So even at a younger age, you know, like what Max was talking about, like touching base with, you know, having a younger team paired with an older team, we do big sister, little sister at Seton Hill. So they get paired up with somebody. They have somebody who can answer their questions. You know, this fall we have like 16 freshmen coming in. We only have 15 returners. So, so we really got to be good about pairing some people up and answer some questions. I can't, I can't handle all that. Just me. So uh, I definitely agree with all you guys are saying. So that's all good stuff, man. Uh, and, and, and Max, is there something that you guys do like away from the field too? like some activities that you, when they're paired up, you know, maybe they go bowling or something like that. Like any activities that you guys do from a club perspective that, you know, other than just going to watch each other play, but like away from the field. I wouldn't say so much as a club. I know each team, tries to do it as much as possible, uh, team building stuff uh, within your own team. Um, I know, for example, my boys, they'll go out. They might go to a movie night. They might uh, 
go play paintball or go to a ropes course. Uh, just something that they're all together and can hang out and not sitting there on their phones in a group message or playing video games together. Um, I think that from what I hear from them, uh, they do play video games together. They're conversing outside of soccer, and it's not always soccer, um, which I think is good because it gives them something relatable off the field, um, in turn making them better friends. So they're more, they trust each other more um, when it comes to on-field play. Um, so I think that's a good aspect of what they do individually and then also in their team um, get-togethers. Yeah, I think – I think it's important to kind of have that, as you were saying, Max, to have that relationship off the field as a team. Because I think if you can continue to have that off the field, the culture just continues to grow in that respect. And they not only just build a tighter bond with each other, um, which is always big. Now, obviously, I think at the club level, you're probably going to have a little bit more interaction with the parents than maybe at the high school. And I know that at the college level, we really don't have much interaction or try not to have much interaction with the parents. Do you feel wow. like – Mike and Max, at your levels, do you feel like you are including the parents in that culture you're trying to set, or do you feel like it's just um, spread via your players? Uh, I would say we try and include the parents. Um, our big thing with our 2006 boys is that any on-field issues that are happening, uh, whether it's playing time position, we would like the player to approach us. Approach us. If they want their parent there, awesome but we want the player to do the speaking um so we know it's not just coming from the parent um we do ask our parents hey if there's off field issues going on please let us know so we can help manage and deal with that um we're not just going to say uh johnny's having issues his play has gone down we're not going to play him you know maybe there's something going on at school at home we want to know about it also so we can help him and you know encourage him to continue to work hard and get better and get past those things. Yeah, for me, it's it's an age thing. When I coach club with younger kids, exactly what Max is saying, high school, I don't want to deal with a parent unless they're my manager um, or something along those lines. We just I, – I tell the parents right away, I'm here to coach your kid. My relationship's with your kid. It's not with you. And that doesn't mean that if there's something wrong, a parent shouldn't approach me. You can talk to me. I'm good about that. But your kid better have talked to me first. We're talking about 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old kids. And I think that's a responsibility that those kids have to take on at that stage. So I really try to be as hands-off as possible. And I tell the parents, you know, have your child approach me. If I'm not giving an answer, they understand. If I'm disrespectful, hey, jump in, come see me. But I have to have had that conversation with your, your child first. No, and I, I like that approach, Mike, and that kind of sounds like you sort of do some of the same thing with your older age groups there, Max, which is, which is great. And um, I know it helps us at the college level, prepares the players pretty well that they realize that they should be coming to talk to us as coaches and um, not so much going through their parents and letting their parents do the communication, which is um, something that, I know Zach and I really appreciate when, when our players are willing and able to come speak with us and not talk to their parents and have their parents come have the conversation, which should have had been had in the first place. So yeah, um, dude, we have tailgates, man. I avoid them at all costs. Yeah. Right. Right. So how do we, I mean, 
for from your guys' perspective, how do you sustain how do you sustain that culture and how do you keep it going through the years? Obviously, Mike, you've been where you're at for quite a number of years now. So how do you continue to keep keep that going and not let it tail off? Um, it's funny, you know, we kind of joke you'll see teams that have maybe family or something on a t-shirt and we'll joke and we'll say, you know, just cause you have family written on a t-shirt, that doesn't mean your family it means you had t-shirts printed that say family on them. You know, your culture is not what you put on a t-shirt. That's fine. If it's something that's on there that you want to reference, but your, your culture is what you are every day. Um, so we just make sure in the day to day that if we're going to have those expectations of our players being disciplined, tough, selfless, that's what we're going to do. So, you know, whether that means with selfless putting the team first, we've cut kids that were relatives of the coaching staff. We've cut seniors that have had three years on the team. It's kind of living that culture ourselves, but I don't, you know what, it's one of those things that once you get the buy-in, the kids keep it going. And I don't know that there's a whole lot we do other than just make sure that it's in the back of their mind. You know, we'll bring it up time to time. If, if we're going to play a game, we're like, Hey, when we step on that field, we're going to be the toughest ones out there. We're going to make the hardest tackles. We're going to make sure that we're the hardest working team out there. It's just little things. We don't do a lot to keep it rolling. Like I said, the kids kind of keep it going. They, they buy into it. And it, it becomes theirs, and that's kind of what you have to let it be is theirs if it's going to be their culture. So, like I said, we've just been very fortunate with the, the type of kid we get coming through our program that we can just put it on them and let them run with it. And if we feel it straying, we pull them back in. You know, it's like a balloon. Mm-hmm. You can blow it up, and then at some point it's either going to burst or you got to let the air out of it. So we rely on those kids like, hey, are we putting too much air in this? Do we need to kind of back off what we're pushing? Um, and at that point, we give those kids, hey, you take the range for a little bit. We're going to peel peel some layers back, if that makes sense. I don't know if I ran That's a, that was a really good analogy. No, that was perfect. I think that exactly describes what we're looking for. And then, Max, obviously for you, how do you just continue to to push that from a club standpoint? Is it just continuing to reiterate things that the club brings up? Um, to each of your teams, or how does that go about for you? Yeah, I mean, if there's new club policies or anything, we're going over those with our teams. Um, but I would say to keep the, you know, whatever our team believes in um, is building that personal relationship um, with each player, um, making them feel welcome by not just their team, but by their coach, showing them the same respect that they show me, um, if not even more. Um, So I think that helps a lot, you know, with the youth player saying, oh, coach does care about me because he's going to take the time to sit here and talk to me or explain something to me if I don't understand or help me with my math homework if I ask because, you know, I couldn't get it done um, before we left for an event. So I think that's a big thing going forward um, because if you don't have the relationship with your coach, uh, they don't want to play for you then um, at that level, the younger kids. So for me personally, yeah. that's what I, you know, try and do with each one of my players that I coach, you know, <laughs> say hi to them, you know, shake their hand, give them a high five after every training session, mm-hmm. uh, let them know what they're doing well, what they're, what they can continue to improve on. Um, yeah. I think just that feedback. Sorry, Max, but yeah, I think that's the nail on the head. At the end of the day, it's all of our relationships. 
Um, if you've built that relationship, the stronger my relationship is, the tougher, the firmer I can be because they know it's not a personal thing. They know it's coming from a place of caring rather than, oh, he's just being a jerk. Um, and uh, I like what Max said that one of the things I watched, I think it was Herm, Ed Herm Edwards, a documentary a while ago, talked about before games, he speaks and has contact with every player. So I do that handshakes, high fives, whatever, with every player have just a little quick dialogue, a little touch point before and after. I think that's huge. Um, I think Max just kind of summed it up perfectly right there. Yeah, when I was a teacher, I got shown this video like about, I don't know who it was, but at the end she said that like kids don't like to learn from teachers they don't like. You can always remember the teacher you liked the most and you probably learned something from them, but you can also always remember that teacher that you hated the most and you didn't learn anything from them. So I definitely think yeah. if you want to be a good coach, like and, and to, to a sense, like the kids got to like you, you know, they, they want to learn from people that they like. So, yeah, at least respect. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know that every kid I've ever coached has liked me, but I feel like they've had that respect and we've had, uh, we've had a relationship, a working relationship. Right you now. So. No, that's awesome. Well, Hey guys, really appreciate you guys jumping on this and diving deep into that, to the uh, culture within club and the high school game. So, Mike, Max, really appreciate you guys being on. Thank you, guys. Appreciate uh, it. Awesome, Zach, guys. As, thank you. As always, thanks for the help. Always, man. And uh, thank you for joining us on this episode of The Set Position.